It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter. At Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season, I'll be answering your mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers, a part of our Friday mailbag on the show. So make sure to tweet at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, but first follow me at Julian Council. It's another Thursday, which means it's a crossover episode with Patricia Trena, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. This week, we're doing it a little bit differently. Going to have just only Patricia and me answering questions or asking questions to her for the episode opposed to kind of the cross tag that we typically do. So going to sound a little bit different this week. So you're going to hear from Patricia Chana, the Locked On Giants host here after this message from our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Locked On Panthers. It's a crossover Thursday. Doing things a little bit differently this week. Just going to get a full perspective here on the Giants of Locked On Giants podcast hosts. Patricia Trena. Patricia, how are you doing this week? I'm hanging in, Julian. It's been a while, but I'm hanging in. Yeah, I bet it has been. A 1-5 start is not anything that anyone up in New York was hoping. And it's not like across town, or I guess in the same building, technically, that the Jets are doing well. So a lot of football fans in the New York market, market one here in the United States, and the NFL's biggest market, have to be pretty down in the dumps going into Sunday. But maybe an opportunity for the Giants to find a way to beat the Carolina Panthers team that has slid the last three games, losing three straight after a three, uh, three and O start to the season. Let's just kind of talk a little bit though about the Giants overall in terms of not just the roster, but there's a familiar friend there in New York, Dave Gettleman, the former general manager in Carolina, who helped orchestrate the Carolina Panthers roster and take them to the 2015 Super Bowl, which unfortunately they lost the Denver Broncos there in Santa Clara. What are your thoughts overall on the status for Dave Gettleman? And if he can survive this season, even if the Giants don't have a major turnaround. 
I'll tell you what, I mean, it's going to take a miracle, I think, for Dave Gettleman to survive. Now, disclaimer, I like Dave. I think he had all good intentions. You know, he tried to do his best. That said, we've been hearing the same thing over and over. I'm going to fix the offensive line. It's still not fixed. And I'm sorry, it doesn't take four years to fix an offensive line. Now, people will say, well, they have injuries. Okay, but so does every other team. The Baltimore Ravens have, what, a league-leading 17 injuries? So 17 guys on, on injured reserve. And, and what's their record? Five and one? So yeah. good, good teams find a way to overcome it because they have depth and because they have good coaching, okay? So, you know, Dave Gettleman, when everybody asked about the offensive line, why, you know, why aren't you upgrading it? Why aren't you doing anything about it? He was very defiant. Well, we have a better opinion of them than you do. And, you know, you got to let the guys play, yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? The, the young guys, okay, some of them did get hurt. But one of them that they were counting on, Matt Parrott, the offensive tackle, couldn't beat out Nate Solder. All right. So now, meanwhile, who do they have for depth on that unit? All right. They, they had signed Zach Fulton. He retired. They tried to bring in Joe Looney. He retired. Okay. I get that. But what about developing some of these other guys? And that to me is a colossal failure. You know, I can't justify what's going on with the giants with injuries. I just can't not after seeing what other teams are doing. And, you know, you look at that, you look at the fact that, you know, when Dave came in, he talked about stop the run, rush the passer uh, and run the ball. Well, the Giants are ranked in the bottom third of the league in each of those categories. They've got virtually no pass rush, despite having better personnel. All right. Th their running game is not anything like you would think it would be. All right. And, and uh, like I said, they, 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 they can't stop the run. So, I mean, the evidence kind of speaks for itself here and it's just not acceptable. And I think, you know, I, and again, I like Dave. I don't wish him any, any ill will. But at the end of the year, I would not be surprised if there's a mutual parting between Dave and the, and the Giants. Yeah, it seems like it's headed that way. And it's kind of surprising, too. Like, it's a, I don't know. Here in Carolina, he had a lot of success. I know folks aren't a huge fan of Dave Gettleman, especially the way he might have treated players and the whole Josh Norman situation where he rescinded the uh, franchise tag and the Carolina Panthers secondary is a complete abomination moving forward. Some of the draft picks, some of the contracts that he left them with, there's, he doesn't have a, his name's not necessarily, it's not dirt here in Carolina, but he's not highly thought of after his tenure in Carolina, even though he built a 2015 Super Bowl team and a playoff team there in 2017, which the playoffs three straight years, like the Panthers were a solid organization, solid team under Dave Gettleman. But you would thought going to New York, a place that he of course always wanted that job and it looked like it was perfect, a match made in heaven for him. Things have not worked out. Were you surprised that he was given another opportunity this season when very clearly, I think to a lot of people, at least to me on the outside, it looked like that was not going to be any different going to this year. No, I wasn't surprised he got another chance because remember, they had a first year head coach in Joe Judge and they showed some promise. You know, I mean, the NFC East last year was basically crap. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> did the cup, you know, what, what, what did Washington win the division with? I, I think their record was what? Seven, was it seven and nine? Yeah, seven and nine, eight. And it wasn't yeah. great. Okay, so I mean, that just goes to show you how bad the NFC East was. And the Giants were in it right up until the final week of the season. True. So there was encouragement that, you know, the Joe Judge never lost a team. Now they, they realized that they had to add playmakers on offense. They did so. Um, did they add the right guys? You know, that's up for debate. You can argue that they did or they didn't. 
Um, but you know, here's the thing with the Giants. You go back to 2018, Dave Gettleman's first year here, and what they were trying to accomplish. And I think what they were trying to accomplish in retrospect was more for the short term. So remember, Eli Manning was still the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? He falls in love with Saquon Barkley and drafts Saquon Barkley. Now I understood why at the time, because, you know, they wanted to give Eli Manning a, a running game to take some of the onus off his arm. And they wanted to set him up potentially for another championship run before he retired. Well, that was short-term thinking because now guess what? The offensive line is still a mess. So instead of trading down or instead of grabbing Quentin Nelson, who was on the board, you've got Saquon Barkley who, when he's healthy, he's a fantastic player, but now he's had, you know, a high ankle sprain, then the torn ACL, he's got another ankle sprain he's dealing with now. And you begin to wonder, not to mention the coaches can't seem to figure out how to use this guy. You begin to wonder, you know, what were they thinking? Yeah, it's, and honestly, I guess you go back to that draft. I think what a lot of talk to was about getting a replacement for Eli and potentially Sam Darnold, who's here now in Carolina, and you're right, Saquon has looked good, but a lot of the injuries, that's something we're dealing with here in Carolina as well with our star running back, Christian McCaffrey. And last one here, just on the whole organizational structure. I'm interested, and I think a lot of folks too here are interested in just kind of what's going to happen in New York moving forward. Joe Judge was hired by Dave Gettleman. Typically, head coach, general manager, those guys are tied together. If Dave Gettleman goes, Joe Judge, it's only year two, but it is the NFL. What have you done for me lately? And things don't necessarily seem to be going that great for him in terms of, I don't know if the guys are on board or just outsider's perspective. Would Joe judge potentially go as well? If things don't get turned around here. I don't think so. I think Joe will get another year. I mean, I, I, I get the concept and I agree with the concept that if you're going to sweep out the GM, you got to sweep out the head coach and just marry the two and bring them in together and let them grow together. I don't think the giants are going to do that. And the reason why I say that is because when Joe judge was hired, Team ownership, who, by the way, has, I think, probably more of a say in the head coach than the GM. The GM makes a recommendation, but the, the end result, I think, is the, the, the ownership makes the decision. But John Mara, who's uh, the team president, said, look, you know, we're going to be a little bit more patient with this guy, with Joe. And Joe is not a bad coach. I really don't think he is a bad coach. Did he make some mistakes? Absolutely. He made a huge mistake as far as I'm concerned this year in getting this team ready. And by that, I mean, in training camp, the way he treated training camp is the way you would expect Nick Saban down in Alabama to treat training camp or Bill Belichick up in New England to treat training camp, which means that they looked at the first couple weeks of the season as an extension of the preseason, figuring, okay, well, we'll make it up or we'll find a way to win it. Well, guess what? You don't have the same talent that you have down in Alabama. You don't have the same talent that you have in New England, you know, with Tom Brady, who could pull a rabbit out of the hat. All right. So that was just a big, big mistake. And for Joe Judge to sit there and say, well, I'm not going to play my starters in the second preseason game because they had a great week of practice. And I'm going to just concentrate on the bottom of the roster on guys who didn't even make the team. I'm sorry. That was a big, big mistake. And you look at the Giants, the first three weeks of the season, those were all winnable games, and they wet the bed, plain and simple. Mm, Yikes. Quick pause, and then we'll take a look at the Giants offense here on the other side with Patricia Trena, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's shift over to um, the offense. Daniel Jones, Charlotte kid, played at Charlotte Latin, played at Duke University, first round pick, and had the ties to the Manning family. And of course, that Eli Manning, having been to the Giants quarterback, made a lot of sense for him to go out there and be his successor. Your overall thoughts on Daniel Jones? I, as a, I'm a Charlotte kid, born and raised. I, I hate Duke though, but I want to see the guy do well because he is a Charlotte guy like me, and I hope he's going to find a way. But it seems like if Gettleman's gone, this also might be the final year. Well, he's got a fourth year, but this might also spell towards the end for Daniel Jones there in New York. Your overall assessment on his tenure there and what the future might lie for him. You know, I think it's been a mixed bag. Um, I've seen things that I like. I've seen the growth in him this year. Two things I wanted to see were ball security, which last week wasn't very good, but his reads have been quicker. And for the most part, correct. Now, again, last couple games, he's been under duress. So I can't say that he's played, you know, a smart game. Um, that said, we need to see him with a good offensive line in front of him, which he really hasn't had. His playmakers have been in and out of the lineup. You know, it's been kind of hard to really say, yes, this kid is the future. Now, he looks mm -hmm. the part. He sounds the part. Um, I am not a fan, by the way, of him running as much as they have him run, especially since he refuses to slide. And we all saw what happened. And, and I hate to say it, but I called that, that he was going to get a concussion. And I wish I had been wrong, but he did. Uh, thankfully, he didn't have to miss any time. And thankfully, it wasn't a bad concussion. But um, I, I think the jury is still out on him. I mean, right now, you've got the votes coming in and the votes are leaning in favor of, yes, he can be the guy moving forward. But you've got to see more from him. Um, and, and I don't know that we've seen it, but how much of that is on him versus how much of that is on his supporting cast? Because like I said, the supporting cast, the offensive line has been, you know, not very good that, you know, if they had, they've had, I've lost, I've lost track of how many combinations they've had. I want to say it's like eight or nine now. I've, that's how, how bad it's been. Um, he doesn't have Kenny Galladay. Uh, last week he may not have him again this week he may not have Kadarius Tony this week he hasn't he didn't have Saquon Barkley last week you know he, he missed Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton for a couple weeks you know so it, it's been like a, a revolving door with his playmakers and you know to me when if a quarterback can't like elevate a team by himself you, you wonder you know you, you say okay is this guy really the guy I want leading my franchise but to be fair you also got to give him some help. And I don't know that he's had enough help to do that. You know, I love that you brought that point up. It's the same conversation we're having here in Carolina as Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for the fourth straight week as he's on IR. And Sam Darnold, who in New York, frankly, didn't have a lot of help, 
And that was used as an excuse throughout the offseason, even though he rarely ever showed that he was even capable of being someone who actually could be even a high-level starter in international football. He was drafted third overall, so that's what people are, are expecting out of him. And Daniel Jones, top 10 pick in his own right. And it's interesting you say that if he can elevate the team or not. His offensive line, okay, that happens. Every, basically every team in the NFL, except for like, what, six have, don't have offensive line problems. They brought in guys like Galladay to help him out this offseason. And I guess that has looked good at points in times like the Saints game. I think that Thursday night football game, I definitely don't blame Daniel Jones for that loss, even though they weren't able to, you know, move the football when they needed to late in the game when they could have salted it away. So is the over is that your over resounding thought? Like, and is that kind of the thought in New York media that he might not be able to elevate the talent around if that's the case and maybe he's not the guy? I, I again I think if you were to take a poll. The, the vast majority would say he is the guy. Okay. Now that said, keep an eye on the, on who comes out in the draft because, you know, everybody seems to want the newest model that's out there, the, the, the latest and greatest. And the Giants do have two first round picks that look like they're going to be high picks this year, or I should say next year. The Giants are also going to have a ton of needs. They desperately need to find offensive linemen. They desperately need to get themselves a stud pass rusher. Now it's too early to say who they might be looking at because we don't have the complete list of who's coming out, but um, you know, I don't think they want to have to go down the quarterback route again. I really don't. So Daniel Jones, I think what's going to happen with him is they're going to stick with him. He's in year three. I would not extend him after this year. That let's make that clear. I would not extend him. Let him go to year four. What about the fifth year option? They have to decide on the fifth year option after this season. Would so, you would you give him that? I would. Yeah, I think I would because okay. because for the salary cap, the salary cap will go up. Now, if if this were the, you know, if his fifth year option was next year, I'd say no, you can't afford it because they are screwed with this the, the salary cap. They are really really pressed up against that cap. They're going to have to cut guys in order to have money to sign the draft picks, let alone to do anything in free agency. But yeah, I would definitely pick up Jones's fifth year option and just see, you know, continue building around him. Um, he's shown enough good things to where I, I can say, you know, I can live with him as the quarterback, but he needs more. He needs a defense. You know, we, we talk about the quarterback needing an, you know, an offensive line. Yeah. And, and receivers. Yeah. And, and a running game. Absolutely. But he needs a defense that is going to turn, you know, give him a short field once in a while. It's going to make a stop, pick off a ball, you know, do, help him out. You know, it, it, it works both ways as far as I'm concerned. Well, David Gunman at least try to get him some wide receivers to help with Kenny Galladay signing him. He's got Saquon Barkley. He's got Sterling Shepard. The offensive line you point out, it's been a problem here in Carolina as well. They drafted Andrew Thomas, what, fourth overall? They went out and got Nate Solder, who's really good in New England for a number of years. So it's not like they haven't tried to fix the offensive line. So what's the issue with the O-line, because here, at least in Carolina, they're not really attempting at all to fix the offensive line in terms of getting a, using a first-round pick, which has not happened in a very long time here. What, what's the issue there in Dave Gettleman's quest to find someone to protect Daniel Jones? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of coaching. Now, last year, the offensive line, they started off with Mark Colombo as their offensive line coach, and he got fired in season. They brought in, uh, I'm going to say his nickname because I, can, I can't say his his name, I have trouble with it. Shame on me because I'm Italian too, but Googs, Dave, they 
the glue Elmo. See, I tried it and I stumbled <laughs> over it. They brought him in uh, after they fired Columbo and then they weren't able to bring him back. So then they hired Rob Sale, a guy that Joe Judge was familiar with from his days down, I think in Bama or Mississippi. I forget where, where they, they crossed paths. They brought back Pat Flaherty, who was the offensive line coach under Tom Coughlin and built up that offensive line that was really terrific for them from 2006, really on through 2010. Um, they, they reassigned Freddie Kitchens to kind of be an, an overseer of everything on offense. So they put a lot of resources into that offensive line. That said, a few things happened. Number one, Nate Solder was a good player, as you said, back in New England. But when he got here, I think his best years were in, in the rearview mirror. And then, of course, you know, he, he sat out 2020 because of, of COVID, which I understand. I don't, I don't fault him for that. Um, coming back now, you were asking him to move from left tackle to right tackle, a position he hadn't really played since um, his rookie season in 2011. All right. Then you have Will Hernandez, who made the flip from left guard to right guard. So far, you know, that's been fairly successful, that, that switch. Nick Gates came in as at center, a position he had never played before last year. Did a good job. Nick Gates is a solid player, considering he was an undrafted free agent. At, at the other guard position, left guard, you had fifth rounder uh, Shane Lemieux, who was okay, I think, as a run blocker, but not so good as a pass blocker. And then Andrew Thomas last year struggled, but he's gotten better. That's the good thing. So now this year, You've got three-fifths of the original starting offensive line on injured reserve right now. Thomas, Lemieux, and, and uh, Gates. Your right tackle, who you projected, was supposed to be Matt Parrott, who couldn't beat out Nate Solder. All right? That was, you know, it was like, wow. Um, and now, who's your depth? They had a trade for two guys. All right? They had a trade for Ben Bredesen and Billy Price. They brought up Matt Skira, who played, I believe he played his college ball at Duke. All right. So they brought him in. Um, they lost a great, a guy that I really liked at, at offensive tackle. They had him on the practice squad, Jackson Barton, the Vegas Raiders uh, poached him. So the depth I think has been a big problem because look, you're going to have injuries, but if you don't have depth, if you don't have talent in the pipeline, and quite frankly, this is what doomed the giants. I think after the 2011 season, they didn't start adding depth in that pipeline pipeline until like two or three years later meanwhile the old line got got beat up they got old they became ineffective and hey now you don't have anybody to replace them so I think that's been a big problem for the Giants just not constantly replenishing the young depth so that they are ready if god forbid there is an injury or if somebody you know leaves via free agency or whatever the case might be See, Panther fans, it could always be worse. We're not the only team out there with offensive line issues. We'll take a look at the Giants defense and get Patricia's thoughts on who she thinks will take home the victory on Sunday at MetLife Stadium between the Panthers and Giants here in just a moment. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just 
use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From the NFL, College Bowl, NBA, Major League Baseball to NHL, Boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's take a look over at the defense here before I get kind of your uh, prediction on what you think is going to happen Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock at Live Stadium. The defense uh, for the Giants has not looked like they're very good on paper so far this year. The Panthers' offensive line, particularly on the interior, has really struggled to protect Sam Darnold in the pocket. Carolina wants to move to more of a rushing attack. That's what they want their identity to be moving forward, at least until Christian McCaffrey comes back, and probably even when he comes back, is there anyone there on that Giants roster, or maybe like Leonard Williams, who might be able to make Sam Darnold's day awful if they can get after him? Well, you would like to think Leonard Williams, but you know what I don't understand is why this year Leonard Williams is being basically kept in one spot. Last year they moved him all over the place and he was effective. This year it's like they've decided, okay, we're just going to leave him in one spot and let him do his thing. So that that's a, a bit of a head scratcher. Um, You'd like to think that the guys coming off the edge, Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimenez, Aziz Ojulari, can get some pressure. Now, Ojulari, he's a rookie, all right? A promising rookie. Carter's in his fourth year, hasn't really done anything. Um, O'Shane Zimenez hasn't done anything. And when we're talking run defense, if I'm the Panthers, I target the edges all day, any day, every day, because they can't set the edges and that is a problem and you know you go back and you look at the Dallas game from a couple weeks ago the Cowboys went after the edges with success I might add and I'm just surprised a lot of you know teams since then haven't really done that and I if I'm the Panthers that's that's my plan of attack I don't go up the middle and you know see Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence or Austin Johnson I go after those edges well, that might be running to the right all day long behind right tackle Taylor Moten. Another Carolina Panther, a former one, James Bradbury. He signed a big deal with New York, which is kind of interesting because Dave Gettleman did not like to sign corners here in Carolina historically, not wanting to sign Josh Norman, which probably turned out to be the right idea as Norman didn't really go on to have a great career with the Washington, formerly known as the Redskins, now the football team, division rival of the New York Giants. Bradbury was good last year, which a lot, of, a lot of Panther fans, as they struggled at corner, were saying, why did you not re-sign James Bradbury? But it looks like this season, as Carolina's been able to rework their secondary, particularly at corner, Bradbury's kind of taken a step back. What are your overall thoughts on what you've seen from him this season? Can he bounce back and find his way throughout the rest of the season? Well, much like is the case with Leonard Williams, I don't really understand what defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is doing with James Bradbury. 
James Bradbury is at his best when he can come up, bump a receiver, get physical, play that press man coverage, and just, you know, stick with a guy. So what are they doing this year? They're having him playing five to eight yards off of receiver, which is not a good fit for what he does. So, I mean, I look at that and I say, what's going on here? Why change what worked last year? Now, is, has Brad Berry played well? No, he's made, he's made more mistakes than I think we've seen. But some of the schemes I don't think have helped him as well as the rest of that pass defense. I mean, I was watching, you know, I was in the press box last week um, in that game against the Rams. And um, one of my good friends who's in the press uh, course was sitting next to me and we were marveling at how deep the safety was playing. The free safety was like 20 to 25 yards off the ball. You might as well just go out there with 10 players on the field if you're going to play safety that far off. And we just didn't understand it. We didn't get the, the logic before that. So what happens now, you know, does Bradbury need, you know, need help? I mean, so if he gets one-on-one on a receiver and there's no deep help, well, guess what? That, that's a team failure. You know, that said, there have been instances where Bradbury needs to maybe play, you know, force the receiver or influence the receiver to the inside of the field where there's help and he hasn't done that. So I'm not, you know, totally absolving him of any blame, but I think it's just been a change in what they've done with the defensive backfield. And it just drives me mad to see it because it worked last year. Why change it? I mean, I get it. You want to stay a step ahead, but you know, the great Vince Lombardi used to say, I'm going to keep doing what I do best until you figure out how to stop me. Nobody figured out how to stop him last year. So why change it? I don't get it. Hmm. Interesting. So it's more scheme than it is really the play, though. Bradbury hasn't played at the level he played at last it's, season. It's a combination. So it's, it's a combination. Yeah. I think the scheme is, a, is just as much to blame. I'm not saying Bradbury has, you know, has been victimized here, but I think it's a combination of the two. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe he'll bounce back in the James Bradbury revenge game, so to speak, on Sunday, even though he didn't play for this coaching staff. And the general manager that, I guess, opted not to extend him is no longer here in Carolina. So I guess it's not really a revenge game at all. Um, okay, what's just your thoughts, though. Prediction on the game. I, I think Carolina should win this one. One and five football team. Talk about all the injuries, the offensive line issue you brought up to me. They can't stop the run, apparently, with the Giants. It seems like this should be a slam dunk victory for the Carolina Panthers. But again with the Panthers issues that they have on the interior of the offensive line and the way Donald's regressed over the last couple of weeks. I don't think any game is a gimme game for Carolina moving forward the next 11 weeks. Your thoughts on who you are favoring heading into Sunday against the Panthers and Giants at MetLife. Well, I think if the Giants are going to win anything, this would be a game they can win. That said, oh, I have picked the Giants. I, I picked the Giants the first three games of the season and I was let down. And I swore I would not pick the Giants again until they gave me a reason to believe. Well, they gave me a reason to believe in them after they upset the Saints. But I still didn't pick them because I I figured Dallas would be a tough customer. Would I pick them in this one? I I, I can't. Not after last week. I need to see. And not just, you know, a flash in the pan or, hey, you know, we we upset this, this great team or this, you know, last year's playoff team. I need to see it consistently. I need to believe again. And right now, you know, I hate to admit it because, you know, I, I don't like to be a Debbie Downer to the giant fans that listen to me, but I need a reason to believe that this team is headed in the right direction. 
the Joe Judge has a, a handle on this, can get this fixed and get this team playing competitively. I mean, I saw guys last week mailing it in. All right. And I was really sure. bothered by that. I was bothered by that. And Judge saw that too. And matter of fact, he said this week, he told us on the, on the conference call, I'm going to be paying attention this week in practice, really paying attention. And I'm going to be looking at how guys are preparing and those that are preparing the right way and doing what they're supposed to. Those are the guys who are going to get playing time. And those that are mailing it in, they're going to be standing on the sideline spectating like everybody else. Oh, five weeks into the season and already guys apparently mailing it in with the New York Giants. And Patricia, you're not a Debbie Downer. I want you to tell the truth here. I try to tell it too, to the uh, Panther fans whether they don't want to hear it or not. We can't sugarcoat it. Can't let people, hey, if there's other things out there that can help them sleep at night. But right here, the truth, you're what's happening with your football team, stuff that we're not going to try and hire from these people. You do a fantastic job. We're at Locked on Giants. Check her out, folks. Patricia Trana, thank you so much for joining me here on a crossover Thursday on Locked on Panthers. Great stuff there from Patricia Trena, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. Make sure to follow her on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trena. That's train with an A. Go follow her on Twitter. Does a fantastic job covering the Giants for Locked On podcast. That's where she also covers them for GiantsCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated. So go check her out. Make sure to check out the show again here on Friday for a weekly Friday mailbag. How you can participate, you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, then at me at Julian Council, or DM me at Julian Council so I can answer your questions here on Friday, a part of another weekly Friday mailbag. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show also on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows here are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Love y'all. Thanks for your support. I will talk to you on Friday. We'll be answering your weekly mailbag questions once again. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.